So the trigger for me is like, as I'm starting, if I get immersed in a thing enough that I just forget the world exists, and that's like the perfect flow state, right? But when I'm like, when it's hard and I'm not quite there yet, then my brain is just like, do something else, right? And You're so- like, ooh, it, piece of candy. Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 356 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and the caffeine is steeping in my brain. I'm Sam, and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's March 4th. What? 24th. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's March that. 24th. Uh, 2020. March 4th, be with you. Yeah. At first I was like, man, March has gone by. It's like, it feels like a long time we've been in March, but it's only the fourth. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's going to be just, pro- did you, was it a brain typo? No, my brain just deleted the, the two. The two. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, okay. just right out of there. It's sort of a wishful thinking kind of thing. Yep. Uh, anyways, before we go any further, there will be profanity in this show. So be ready for that. And we'd also like to thank uh, our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Um, also, if you guys notice, like over time, the profanity warning has transitioned from like, don't let your kids listen to like, now it's just like, this is happening. And just, you know, now, you know, well, we had a transitionary period, which was, you should have your kids listen so that they understand the real world, but also how to use profanity responsibly, safely and with kindness. Mm-hmm. You want to introduce them to positive profanity yeah. so that they're inoculated. We put the know. pro in profanity, both professional right. and positive. That's both right. interpretations of that. Uh, now, Sam has a story that we all need to hear because uh, we haven't heard it yet, and I want to know what's going on all in right. Sam's life. Well, let me, let me unspool this situation for you. Which is yeah. the following. I went to Massage Envy to go get a massage, as one does. My back hurts, etc. You know, there's a lot of stress mm-hmm. going on. It's nice to do this. So go over there, uh, you know, walk in, say hello to the two front desk people. They're like, oh, great, you're set up. Go ahead and wait in the waiting room. Chill music, you know. They give me like a cup it's of It's got hot that water. massage place vibes. Yeah. So... I'm I'm thinking I'm like perfect. This is you know you're like your five minutes being early, just kind of not going to be on my phone. Just going to relax. Just going to sit here, vibe out. Okay. Then as I get to the waiting room, which is actually like basically ten feet away down the hall from the front desk with an open door. So already a curious decision. Oh right, right. Because they take you into the chill out holding cell. Yes. Kind of off exactly. to the side. Yeah. So I'm in the holding cell, but I could still hear. Of course, you know anything is happening in the front desk area, and so suddenly the you know the door kind of pops open and I hear a very loud man make a joke of some sort. I can't quite tell what it is, but I can hear that sort of awkward front desk laughter. You know, the, or someone's- The, let's just get through this. Yes, sort of vibe. The, I would rather just uh, acknowledge that a joke was made to get this person to leave me alone rather than address how uncomfortable the joke made me kind of laughter. So from here, uh, I'm like, okay, so either it was just like a really dumb joke, which I totally am here for, uh, or I'm about to have a time. So it turns out it was more of the latter. So this dude comes, comes very, like swaggering into the waiting room. And I mean, like, it's a weird way to enter a, the sort of calm holding cell with that kind of like uh, presence. You know what I mean? That just kind sort of, of like, energy. 
Um, yeah, very, yeah, very, kinda, so he kind of yeah. Kool Aid manned his way into the. Yeah, energy is supposed to be focusing <laughs> inwards, you know. It's supposed not, to be about and like relaxing, you know, diffusing yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. Like, ah. and so comes in and he's got this podcast, uh, clearly like sort of going on some uh, earbuds in his ears, and we lock eyes. Unfortunately, and oh, yeah, that was your first like, you were like, "Oh no!" Yeah, we're like two feet away from each other because there's like four chairs, right? And so I'm like, "Okay, well, we'll see how this goes." And immediately, dude sits down, pops off, and he's like, "I just paid four fifty at the pump," and I was just sort of like, "I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this sentence." And then he quickly follows it up in the pause with, "Let's go, Brandon," and I was like. I've never, I haven't actually encountered someone. You haven't interacted with that in real life. Who's like, yeah, yeah, we're bringing that kind of energy, right? Where it's like, it's a weird, it's not even about the particular political allegiance, but rather the the deep assumption that you could say some shit to someone and that they're like going to be getting on board with you, like a sort of a, oh yeah. You know, sort of. For those those his dog whistles, right? Because like, he's looking for the the positive response to that. That's why- it's also a series of things, right? It's like here's one, and then that didn't that didn't register the way he was wanting, right? So it tries the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goes so yeah. so he says this thing, and yeah, for those unfamiliar, because I also like months ago I was very confused with this whole thing. Apparently, let's go Brandon is some code word for basically saying "fuck President Biden," right? That people use instead of saying you know that. Yeah. Um, as a means it's, of saying like yeah. we're you know one of the same crew, one of the same tribe, you know. Yeah, a group decided that that. They would use that phrase as a stand-in so that they could shout that phrase publicly in various contexts without profanity and also without actually naming the person they're talking about. So it's like a it's like an in-group thing, yes. right? It's like if you if you know it, then you know, then it's like an inside joke, I yeah. guess. So he, so he does this and I'm like, okay. And I said, I just go, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not really here for that. Which, you know, I've been, I've been trying to be a little more uh, pointed instead of just doing the whole like, ha or whatever. Uh, but just at least let people yeah. know like, hey, like I'm not really participating. So yeah, today. it's better to, it's better to just like make it clear that that is not desired here, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't hey, mean you have to yeah, engage, not, but yeah. yeah I'm like, not part of this. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really here for that. Um, and he just looked at me and he was like, what? You hate the Mets? Because he's got this podcast blaring in his ears. And I'm like. Like, are you? But I feel like that's such a great like a visual metaphor, though. Of like, clearly he's not there to have an actual conversation. That's true. Yeah, yeah. he's a literally bi- like got, a bi-directional yeah. conversation. He's got yeah, his fingers yeah. in his ears and he's just yelling at people. Right? He's just yeah. yelling at you. <laughs> so, so I, so I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna correct this because that's weird. So I was like, I basically just like grunted and then I rapidly pull out my phone and just start like, you know, that whole trying to pay deep attention to the phone thing. So he leaves me alone. Uh, and then the dude gets up. And he's like, you know where the bathroom is? Was it down this hall? And I was like, I mean, probably. I, don't, I assume so. I don't know. Uh, he's like, okay, so if someone comes back for me, just let them know that I'm in the bathroom. And I was like, what do I work for you now? Like, what is happening? This is fucking <laughs> weird. So he takes off down the hall and then gets to the very end of it, realizes he didn't tell me his name. So now in his plan of me being his assistant to direct people for me. <laughs> Again, we're really two people here. And so he yells. This is down the hall where there's six just massage rooms where people are actively being massaged. Just yells his name down the hall. My name's Dave. <laughs> just fucking screams it, okay? And at this point, I'm like, this is 
we've now entered a whole other level because it's one thing to like make a person uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Or like to not read the room. Like it's a place of relaxation. He just like, shut the fuck up. Doesn't you know? like, give he's not reading the whole building. Other people. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, yeah. So he like he just like goes off. Okay, and then I'm like, wow, that was insane. Uh, my therapist comes out, and she and I usually chat for like a good portion of of our uh, of the massage. So. We're kind of shooting the shit about some stuff and I'm talking about games industry stuff. And, you know, there's always all this. She's basically, there's like a, a variety of like stuff that she's involved in on, on Discord or whatever else, where she was, we were just kind of talking about the general problem of like misogyny and just kind of people being dicks in the game space in general and like her experience as a, as a female gamer and like all this other stuff, right? And so I, you know, toward the end of the, of the session, I was like, hey, so I had this, I have like a weird question for you, but like there's this really uncomfortable dude who I had the displeasure of sharing the waiting room with. And she's like, oh. And then she's like, what happened? So I can kind of recall the story. And then I, and I got to the part about shouting the name. And she's like, oh, what was his name? And I was like, Dave. And she's like, oh, fucking Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently this dude. Everybody hates Dave. Everybody hates Dave. <laughs> because even in the, she, she, she was like, even in the massages, he just constantly talks in that same sort just of way. Just ranting. Yeah. Uh, Keeping in mind that like most masseuses are women, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them are have immigrant backgrounds over here in the Northeast and stuff. And so it's like, he's just, it's insane. And so apparently he's been rotated off of every masseuse. Like they just, every new masseuse. They'll have him, they'll of, have him once and they're like, no. Yeah, because they can say basically, again. I don't want to ever yeah. see this person again. And so toward the end of it, I was like, look, is... I was like, I was like, so everybody essentially has complained about this guy who's had him. Yeah, I don't, why, him. why don't do anything? Why don't they just get rid of him? He's yeah. making... so. So I asked the question. Like, we like, know companies don't care about their employees, but they are supposed to care about their, you know, the people who are paying the money. Like, well, so that's you know. that's that's the angle I took too. Where I was mm, like, yeah, there okay. you go. So I understand management maybe doesn't give a shit that you guys that every single person in this building is made uncomfortable by this guy, but maybe they'll care if I complain about it. So I was like, tell me, because you're a pain. You well, you're also you can also <laughs> use your white man powers. You exactly. Know, I was like, like, I'm gonna go do my white man power stuff, and so I was like, tell me how I can. <laughs> Like, where's the complaint form? Let me know. So I go to the front desk. Talk to your manager. Yeah, I was like, I would like to. So I go to the front desk afterwards, and again, these are the two people who were there with with this dude uh, originally, and and I say, hey, I have a strange request. I would like to make a complaint against another customer. And they and they literally both of them looked at each other and they were like, Dave. Were they like? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this is the funny part is that they give me like a pink slip to fill out, Uh and. And they're like, oh, we'll have the manager call at some point. And I was like, okay. And so I just write down, you know, whatever you got. And so I start writing it down. And then uh, I kind of like run out of space. I got a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff transpired. This dude's just like a fountain of weird <laughs> shit. So I uh, run out of space. And it was very funny because like the front desk woman had come over. And she, she was just sort of like hanging out with me while I was working on this thing. And I, so I run out of space. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is fine. Like, I guess you just like take this and have them call me. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'll get you a second sheet. And I was like, <laughs> it's like they're so excited. She's like, please, so much, yeah. please elaborate yeah. further. Um, yeah, so I wrote this whole thing up and I'm going in uh, later. She's probably week. like, can I get you anything? Do you want another 30 minutes on the house? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm going, I'm going in later this week uh, for the most. I think I'll, I'll check in and see if anything oh, happened. Actually, I, I never ended up getting a call from management about it, um, which was mm-hmm. annoying. So I will, I will go request to talk to a manager about my previous complaint. Pulling a mm. sort of a reverse Karen scenario here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, this is, you know, if you're running a business and you got people who just are the worst customers, they're not just affecting your employees for one. 
if that, but that should like already have been sufficient. Okay. Yeah, should be sufficient. The idea that that a massage therapist who's supposed to be able to let you relax could, uh, you know, after after a day of incident could uh, be in a good enough space to pass it on to other people, sort of bonkers, right? Like if you get stressed the fuck out before you have to go do the, one of those relaxation massages. Like I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be a good vibe for anybody. So don't you know, like don't don't let people do that to your people. It's just dumb. Yeah. And I mean, of course you can imagine like this, this Dave fella is one of those, um, what's the term, like a persecution fetish (laughs) kind of people where it's like, of course he would be the victim if he isn't allowed to come to this place anymore, just as he would be the victim in any other scenario where he barges into a space, loudly wrecks everything and then gets kicked out. Right. Yeah. Um, it's always going to be everybody else that's the problem. So it's not about like don't don't try to talk to Dave about this. Yeah. Don't engage. Just get him out of get there. Get rid of Dave. You know, maybe maybe if he gets kicked out of fifty or sixty different establishments over the course of five years, um, maybe there will be a one percent little like spark of recognition in his brain. Like maybe, maybe I'm the maybe I'm oh, the no. asshole. <laughs> that will literally never happen. <laughs> No, well, that's, that's why I say like it'll be a one percent little like yeah, it'll yeah. be like a little puff of smoke, and then he'll quickly extinguish it. No, like, it'll no. instead be let me let me <laughs> go find the problem. Yeah, it'll be let me go find all the other people who this has happened to, and we're gonna start our own yeah massage parlor chain where where, where everybody can say whatever you want, stressed out, <laughs> and then uh, and then and then suddenly now everybody's surrounded by assholes in this yeah. in this chain, you know? Yeah, and, and you, uh, I mean, you see this in I mean, I think the the, the metaphor goes very wide because, you know, we've been seeing this in the game space a lot with people finally coming out of the woodwork being like, this place is absolutely atrocious to work at. Toxic hell. Yep. Totally toxic. And a lot of the commentary typically is, because I just saw like Moon Studios got put on blast. I saw it yep. like, like last week or something. And they made uh, Ori That's a, and Ori yeah. Coolest. And because like they're just, the founders are just saying like absolutely mean shit relatively pretty, and this is, not making this up. It's like on the little game industry report. Um, mm-hmm. Just saying mean shit in chat to people with some good frequency. And it's like, again, like what happens if you do that? It's like, okay, I guess it's like, oh yeah. Like we just want to be in a space where you can speak your, everybody can speak their mind. No, like, no. If that's people not. are berated and belittled, then they aren't able to speak their mind. Right. So yes. like you're, you're speaking your mind by treating people like shit. It's the paradox of tolerance. That's, that's the whole yeah. idea, right? Is you can't, but also, like, the whole idea that you, like, there's no reason why you should just put up with that, yeah. you know? Like, it's like the reason is because you're supposed to, it's like because you're supposed to allow. It's like, like, you don't, you just don't need to. You don't need to tolerate any of that. Yeah. And so I'm just, I don't know. It's, it, it really makes me annoyed when people come in with that sort of energy. In a, I mean, like, anywhere, frankly, but also just in particular, Bring it into a place of relaxation was just weird in terms of mis- a misread, but just broadly, you know, it's like you don't, you don't, and nor should you be interested in spouting off about the zany opinions that you might hold in a wide variety of contexts where it's just completely inappropriate for you to be doing so. You know, yeah, it's like, already inappropriate in your own brain just to have those ideas. You know, like, oftentimes, you know, yeah, you know, you can think whatever dumb thoughts you want because you know that's like. Yes. Honestly, the to yourself. The problem that I have with this is is less about what opinions people have and more about how they 
how they engage in these kinds of situations because like everybody has some bad ideas somewhere oh, yeah. in in their mind, right? Oh yeah, we're all uh, we're all, if, and if we're, you're we're if just you're, ri- we're just riddled with bad yeah, ideas. Yeah, being a good person people, is right? just slowly trying to discover them and you know and get put some yeah. better ones in their place over, yeah. until you die. So, you know, yeah. So the like the real tragedy in my mind is that is to get into a, a mental space as a person where you absolutely refuse to examine your own opinions. You take your own opinions as, as fact, and you absolutely will not change your mind under any circumstance. So mm-hmm. if you come into a situation like what this guy did, like you knew that he wasn't there to actually like hear what you think yeah. or have a conversation with you or try to learn something from somebody with another perspective, right? He was just there to do damage, right? Like he he was wielding his opinion as sort of a bludgeon, uh, and that was the only use of it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which means like he could do that to a wall, yeah. Like he could he he could just yell random shit at an inanimate object, and it would to him be the same as him yelling at it as, as a person because he's not receiving any information from the, the thing that he's yelling at. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's like to that me a, to me is like the real, it's a tragedy. translation of the relationship I think people have online in a really weird way where it's like, you don't have back and forth communication online typically so much as you do have broadcast you broadcast. Yeah. And I think every so often you do see it. I just, it's been so long since I've experienced and I have experienced this before, not even just with like, you know, Trump related stuff, but like other things where someone just shows up and like, is just going, you know, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? This is just, like we're people, we're trying to be people in this space. Don't be a Twitter bot in this space. You're like this is not Facebook. It's it's a it's the real world where there's people and you can read them, you can interact with them. You know, take advantage of that. Don't don't be so weird about it. Yeah, you know. Well, and it's, but it's coupled with this this like weird idea that because it is, I mean, there's all this. There's like because it's the internet. There's a whole bunch of things, right? But one of those is that you being on the internet in these people's brains is you opting into just. Having to hear whatever they want Villainy. to tell, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is this? It's a which is a it's just a wild idea, right? That like that your just existence in in this space isn't isn't has invited that, right? And uh, and they just can't under because like anything then when you're like no, this is not allowed here, right? Mm-hmm. Is so like baffling that. It's just like now you get the the help, help. I'm being oppressed, you know, kind of kind of a vibe. Or, yeah. Yeah. I find as, Nobody. As, as long as it's like a person to person thing. Because I've been participating in some of these uh, like art discords recently, and, and you get it's the kind of same thing. Like you'll be just chatting, and someone will just come in. You know, if you're in voice chat, someone will just show up and start saying some real weird shit. Um, yeah, they're like, "This is about me now." Yeah, or like, <laughs> hey, I, like, hey, I know you guys are like drawing some stuff and having a good time talking about art, but here's like, here's just some racist stuff, and it's like, yeah, here's let me some, just throw a wrench into your here's good some time bad opinions, yeah, yeah. Right. And actually, I'm, I haven't been in there for probably three weeks now, both because of the work on this giant animation for uh, Crashlands Two, which I'm taking up on my bandwidth. But uh, on the top of that, I just had I had enough of these experiences where I had to tell people to like stop. That I just got kind, of, I got kind of annoyed. I was like, I don't want to have to tell people. And I have it be the case that every time I open up a voice chat, that it's basically guaranteed at some point, if it's open for more than like 20 minutes, then I'm going to have to be like, hey, we don't do that here. So either knock the fuck off or I'm just going to kick you out. Like, it's just, it does get annoying to be like, geez. Yeah. You, just, you have to just derail your conversation all the time. Yeah. Because yeah, this is just keep uh, barging in. This is why over time, the, the strategy that I've developed with like, with any context is, is uh, I, I used to like try really hard to like, 
diffuse, you know, a situation or to help a person understand like why. Oh yeah, no, no, right? no, no. And, uh, and not it's, anymore. <laughs> it's, not, it's just switched to now. Like, uh, just ban. If I see something, it's just that's just it. I just like yes, yeah, so like so. There's you know, like in our. Well, it's because this this person isn't bringing anything good to no. the the situation and the amount of effort that it would take to maybe get them to a point where they would start bringing something good is far disproportionate yeah. to, to you know, the, the benefits, right? It's like, just get them out of there. And it was Let right them out. reflect maybe yeah. or maybe not, but who cares? My viewpoint on this <laughs> definitely has changed as I've gotten older, right? I think that, and this is, I think, what's interesting about a lot of the Discord communities. Those were run by people in their early 20s, right? Which, mm-hmm. I, like, that was the prime time for me personally, I know, where if I encountered some you know, nonsense along one of these dimensions that I'd be like, okay, I'm going to like talk this person for, you know, like 45 minutes because super involved, like do some, some messaging, like, you know, really try to get them to shape up. And uh, you just give me, there's too many to be able to effectively do that uh, at any kind of scale. And so as you get older, you naturally just kind of reach a point where you're like, no, no, no there's just consequences and that's it. So like, mm-hmm. if you want to say some weird shit, like the consequences did you just get kicked out of the voice chat? And next time, so, next time you come in, like maybe you'll know to not do that. You yeah, know? if you weren't kicked yep. out so hard, you never get to because that's always yeah. If you weren't banned from yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things. It's fun. the it's the it's the it's the year twenty twenty two, right? Like kids, there there are kids online right now who've like the internet was already existed. They had iPhones for a while. Babies. When they they were they were you, born YouTube was born before an iPhone. they were. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Like the the amount of information out there and of course there's you know bad information too, right? Uh, but like either way like when you're going out and like looking for information, you when you first start looking for it, you're going out there like trying to find something, right? And of course the algorithms take you down whichever rabbit hole that kind of you're kind of teed up for, right? Um, mm-hmm. but even like, even in the deepest, darkest parts of some algorithm somewhere, there's always the whole rest of the internet, you know, where if you see some claim out in the world, right. Uh, and somebody tells you you're wrong about the shitty opinions that you have, right. Mm-hmm. You can go, you can go, if you actually want to know, you can just go look around and you can find people who are spending enormous amounts of their time trying to teach other people this stuff. Right. And, and so like kind of the, the, the position that I've like collapsed into is just like, the stuff is out there. So like if somebody just still somehow today doesn't just like still thinks the stupid things, you know, it's like, okay, well you clearly do not want to put in the work. Right. Yeah. Then, like, well, then you're all. not going to get them there. Like yeah. the hubris to think that you yourself, <laughs> yeah. you yourself you can provide you this person with, yeah. with sort of the, the perspective, you know, that the entire rest of humankind and the whole internet has been unable to budge this person on, you yeah. know, like you're not, just, you're wasting your time. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah, so, like you, you can't reason somebody out of a position that they didn't reason themselves into. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's better to protect the people that you have in your community. That's what it um, is. Yeah. And just, and just move on, you know, protect so, yourself, protect anyways, the people around you. Yeah. Just kick, kick so, out, the, kick out the butts. Mm-hmm. You don't need to kick out that the shit. butts. So good story, Sam. There you go. I liked it. Well, I man, I didn't like it, but you know, it's the worst. <laughs> so it is. Uh, so one last little bit of news before we go to questions. Uh, we are going to have Adam and Sam on the Favro, or as we call it Favro, uh, podcast. 
Um, we have a registration link that'll be in the show notes. So that's going to be happening on March 31st at noon central time. And you'll be able to uh, watch that podcast live. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if watching it live means that there'll be any kind of like viewer engagement. I don't think it does. I think 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 so. No, it's just, just so it, so you'll be watching it live, but sort of like a, a like a one way mirror interrogation room kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, like you can see them, but they can't see you, kind of thing. We're basically uh, in a zoo. So come to the zoo. Yep. You know? Sort of a come pod to the zoo. A pod zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's happening March thirty first, noon central time. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess if you want to just like hang out in the you know the B Scotch Discord podcast channel and like chat with people while it's oh, yeah. unfolding, yeah. that would be. A, that's sort of thing. a live uh, chat, a chat li- thingy. A live something. viewing session, you know? Yeah, or something. Uh, all right, well, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at bscotch.net. The highest upvoted question comes from John Flavin, who says, I've been thinking lately about time tracking. Seems like there could be a lot of benefits to having a record of how I spent my time and not relying on my fallible meat brain mm. to remember. But it also seems like a ton of work to keep up with tracking everything. Do you track your time? And if so, how do you do it? If you don't, have you tried it and how did it go? Uh, my question, my questions. Which it's is probably the same as mine. What are you trying yep. to do? Because why? Because <laughs> you're absolutely right. The tracking, time tracking is, uh, adds a bit of overhead to whatever you're doing. But I think if you pick if you pick a particular domain and then just do stuff for like say two weeks, so you say okay, you know what? I want to actually know what my time looks like, uh, say with regard to uh, work, my work day for two weeks. Now you got like a little controllable slice of stuff, and then there's a bunch of tools that you can find that do sort of some automated tracking as well as uh, even as simple as just sort of keeping a notebook. So my the personal thing I use time tracking for is a combination of uh, it used to be much more focused on when I was at work, how much deep focus time I got, which is one of the most slippery ones. But largely what I do then is just sort of uh, when I was going into it with the intent of, you know, doing some deep work, then I just mark whatever time it was. And then usually when I pop out of it, then I just mark whatever time it was at that thing, do the subtraction, kind of figure it out. And what I realized from doing that, the thing that was really useful about it was I could see in the pattern of the days um, that typically over the course of, a, of an eight hour day, in the studio um, with before we had made a bunch of some of these changes to the structure and how we were working and stuff, uh, like a, like being able to get like five hours of actual like deep focused work in was about the norm and never felt the best. But if I could get over six, it always, it always felt like I had just kicked so much ass over the course of the day, which is hilarious. Cause it's like a, it's like an hour to 45 minute difference. Right. And then the days we hit seven, actually that's both good, but usually bad because usually I'm so, deep in whatever the thing is now that like my, I'm sort of like messed up. They're not a person anymore. They're not a person anymore. Yeah. Um, And so what I realized from that was about about six uh, hours of that really focused deep work is at least in that particular context was basically optimal for me. And so then, you know, when, when I started tracking that stuff, then I was able to then essentially communicate what I needed to the rest of the team and then figure out ways to make it so that we could do that. Cause one of the things that would happen when we work in the office is, you know, whenever someone would, hit some new milestone. If you got six people are kind of in the same space, usually over the course of a whole day, like each person's going to have like a moment where they're like, Oh, do a thing or whatever else. Right. And when everyone's just around the, the want to just kind of immediately share that particular success pops up. Right. 
And so I think like Seth, Seth and I were the most obvious ones for like, I think I would interrupt Seth basically constantly when I'd be like, oh, look at this cool, cool thing, piece, cool piece of art of me. And then Seth would finish the program and be like, look, look at this. And so- Look at this mechanic, man. Yeah, it, like, it, it, yeah, it was easier for me because like, nobody wanted to see what I was doing, you know, so I could just- And even if we did see it, we'd be like, I don't know. I just say, oh, that's a bunch of code. I guess you could spend <laughs> an hour telling me what it does, but yep. who, so who wants that? So this actually led uh, Seth and I to a really good conversation where I was like, hey, like, it's not that I didn't want to hear about like what you have accomplished. It's just that ideally I can hear about it when it's good for me to hear about it, unless it's something you actually need active feedback on right now. And so you, if you want can a just poll system that, for hearing about yeah, it. Cool so stuff, like, yeah. Cool stuff. If you could just distinguish between those two things, is this, is this a celebration moment where you're just looking to like, yeah, or is it yeah. like feedback? Or moment? is it actual feedback? Yeah. Um, before you, you know, tap me on the shoulder or whatever else, then that'll actually help me have better days. And so we just started doing that. And then like, and then I was naturally hitting like, you know, five and a half, six and a half hours just by like tweaking one thing like that, uh, like without much difficulty. And so, and then now that's what I use as my own personal benchmark for any given day. Cause working remote's weird. Cause like, again, like we don't have, we have hours, but I mean, of course we have flex time. Everybody, you can do basically whatever you want. Right. Um, so the question is, how do you know if you've done a good day's work in that context? Right. Uh, yeah. And so for me, it's, it's actually the same rule that I adopted from the studio time, which is if I can hit six really good deep hours of, uh, of work over the course of a day, then I can feel like regardless of whether I want to keep going or, or do keep going or whatever else, I can feel like, okay, you know, I've hit my, my sort of my personal benchmark for the day as far as like what I really want to get done. Um, and I can feel really good about that. So it allows, that's sort of what the point to me of the time tracking is, is to, to find a thing, a specific thing that you're trying to get a bit more of a, a grapple on and then not just do the time tracking, but also attach some qualitative measure to the time tracking. So if, if today these things happened, how did you actually feel about that? Cause if you don't tie those together, it doesn't, you can't, you still don't have quite enough data to be able to make a decision about it. Well, and you have to be careful too, because so much of this stuff is, is wrapped up with the conflation of, of what you want and what you think you should. Right. Yeah. Um, because those are, you're, you're steeped in what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, lots of mixed messages there, definitely. Right. But there's, you're just steeped in this so intensely, uh, that you can't easily separate like what you're doing because you're supposed to do and think, and therefore think you should. Right. Versus doing because that's actually what you do think is like the thing to do, either because you want to or because you do think that you should do that thing, right? Uh, and and so when it comes to things like time tracking, it's really easy for that to fall apart um, because because not only do you already have to come into it, like Sam said, knowing what you're trying to do, but if you if that thing that you're trying to do is something that you think you should do but don't actually want, right? <laughs> then you're gonna you're gonna actually put yourself into a, a worse position, even like kind of no matter what the outcome is. Yeah. Um, so it's always this it's always this introspection process of just trying to figure out because because this to me this is just a, this is you thinking of time as a key metric, right? Mm-hmm. Time and then what what it's being used for. So it's like the qualitative aspects of that time uh, and the purpose of that time. Um, but in order to study that, that means you have to be able to assign like any little block of time, like. What was that time's purpose? You know, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it good? Right, and this is all now in the service of the idea that there are things, given your finite amount of time, thinking of time as a, as a resource you're trying to allocate. Right, that there's something you either think 
is off. Like, so like in Sam's case, he's talking about how it feels like too much. Yeah. He's getting interrupted too much. And he might not have been aware that that was what was happening until he started to track the time and see. Right. And so, so it it still can be an exploratory process too, where you're just like, so like in my case, I use time tracking just to ask the very general question of where, what is my time going into? Um, Because thinking of time and then my use of time just as a resource allocation problem, right? Uh, Like in the context of the company, um, I have certain roles and obligations and things that people expect me to be able to do, right? But the way that we always, that we run the studio and the way that we, and what we tell everybody on the team, including ourselves, is that you can only do as much as you can do, right? Like, but that's it. So this idea of like, oh, I didn't get it done on time. So now I have to work overnight to get it done, right? Like that doesn't, that doesn't exist. If, if, if it needed to be done at a certain time and then didn't get done, that's because there's some kind of a resource allocation problem, right? Either we thought we had more resources than we did, or we thought it was cheaper than it was going to be mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. But either way, like that's, it's just an allocation problem. So I use it for that purpose, which is to ask like, how much of my day is going into doing the kind of the broad stroke categories of things that I am responsible for so that when it comes to a question of like, okay, does it make sense actually for me to be taking on a project of this kind of scope? Um, then I have, yeah, I now have more idea. Yeah. I have more idea to say like, okay, we need to pair this back or, Oh, we need to look at maybe hiring a contractor or, Oh, we need to do whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's kind of like if you, if you, you know, had tracked your time for a couple of weeks and you, and you noticed that, um, at least during, you know, maybe like the current way of doing things that you're getting on, only like three hours a day to put into like web dev. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if we come around and we say, okay, we have this new web dev project and we think it's going to take, uh, you know, 60 hours or something like that to, to build. Well, if if you are under the false impression that like, oh, well, my title is web developer, I have 40 hours a week, therefore this yes. will take a week and a half, yeah. right? Um, which isn't really true. That's usually yeah. the mistake. Yeah. 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 If you're getting 15 hours a week of programming and also a chunk of that time already has to go into other projects, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so maybe if a 60-hour project will take three months now instead yeah. of a week and a half because yeah. that's where the time is. Well, and also but because you, of the qu- the qualitative aspects of that time, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, uh, yeah. yeah. Because like if you have- If you're doing it in tiny little yeah, chunks, it's right. harder to do. <laughs> you don't get yeah. into your deep focus time. You you have to, and especially the kind of, depending on the kind of work you're doing. If you're like firing off emails, that's usually easier to like- like almost in any given way you do it, you know, still like how your brain is when you come in matters a lot, but, but like the amount of mental, uh, like construction of the world you have to do to like go take care of that kind of a task is usually not always depends on what you're emailing about. Right. But is usually something you kind of pop into. Right. Mm -hmm. But something like a big creative project, um, that you've been working on for a long time, that there was a component of it you were working on. Right. Like to come back into that, it's like, okay, reconstruct this enormous mental model of whatever that thing was, right? And and so the time taken to do that stuff and then the impact of how what you do in one little block of time impacts the entirety of what happens in the next block of time, right? Even though you're supposedly doing something else, right? They're not yeah. they're not independent, actually. And so yeah. so then that's and that's the stuff that you can't see actually when you're doing simple time tracking because all you can see is where the hours go. And that means you're treating each hour as the same. And it's just a question of how many are there and how, and where are they going? But that qualitative aspect of what are you doing with it 
uh, yeah. versus if you had them arranged in some other way is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my, what I've done in the past uh, to make this easy is there's a, a time tracking app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, which I found works pretty well. So when I use um, also. Yeah. So they have a desktop application as well. So you can easily just have it running on your desktop and then you just, you know, it's, it's very easy to just start and stop tracking on different things. So what you can do is you just kind of set up categories, broad categories of things that you want to track. So maybe it's time spent on a specific project or time spent in meetings or time mm -hmm. checking emails, you know, wh whatever it is that you think are sort of like the broad strokes of how your day is broken up so that you want to start to examine the patterns, right? Um, then you can just run this thing for a couple of weeks and just start and stop tracking as, as things start to happen. And uh, then you can look back on it and, and start to ask questions like what Sam was talking about, where if you think to yourself, well, you know, I, I think that I, I think that I need, you know, a couple of good three hour chunks of uninterrupted time per day to, to get the most done. But then you find out that you maybe you're get only those. getting three hours total and they're not, and it's not un uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like 15 minutes here and then 30 there, you know, because one of the, the sort of secrets of getting stuff done that just kind of comes up over and over again is this, this unimaginably high yet sort of invisible cost of task switching. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you get onto a thing for 10 minutes and then off of it again, and then onto it for 10 minutes and off of it again and onto it for 10 minutes, that 30 minutes that you allocated to it, you basically got zero things done. Because every there's there's a fixed cost to doing switching. stuff yeah. at the start. And it's like oftentimes it can be like 10 to 15 minutes just to sort of reestablish context and get get yourself into that mode of working on that thing. Um, and if you're constantly popping in and out of it, then you may as well have not even tried really because you won't have got, gotten anywhere. And, you, and you'll start to see that in your breakdown of your of your time tracking. You'll see all these little scattered, tiny blocks. There's know? also, uh, I think, res um, Rescue Time is another application that automatically, I think, tracks your focus windows or something like that on, pretty sure, mm -hmm. on, uh, I think it's on desktop. Um, yeah, Toggle does that too. Uh, it'll, it'll like, yeah, it'll look at what your active, that's on Windows. Um, it'll look at what your active window is and look at the title. And then you can, uh, you can, Categorize window buckets. titles, yeah, to different buckets and stuff. Got it. And the thing to know about that is that on at least on on Windows, um, you actually have more. It's it's one of those like weird hidden things that you wouldn't even think to look at. But there there are ways you can like name windows, like custom name windows and stuff. And then if you have like different browsers for things, then you can like also name name your different browser windows. So if you have one that's like here's my communication one where I'm emailing people or whatever, right? Right. Uh, or and actually in, in uh, if. Anybody out there who programs, if you're using something like VS Code, presumably other things do this too. And you can go into your, like a per project settings and literally just like customize the window title. Just change it to whatever you want. So you can oh. use that to, to make some automated time. Yeah, which is all stuff I actually yeah. didn't know the last time I'd used Toggle. And I, I like saw that they could do that, but I was like, oh, but like, but it doesn't work. This isn't useful because like <laughs> yeah. my windows are just called like Chrome, you know, like doesn't yeah. really right. <laughs> help. But it turns out actually yeah. you could probably do, as long as you, if your job is basically being at a computer doing stuff, um, then you can basically automate the whole last thing, which is actually something that now that we're talking about this, I'm like, I should actually do that now just to, because now I can see actually where my time is going, you know, which would yeah. be kind of interesting. Yeah, I find yeah. that I, to, I don't get much out of it unless I actually record it uh, by hand on paper for whatever reason. Like I, the, the, yeah, I've tried the to act of 
yeah. looking at it that makes it useful. Yeah, which it makes is, you well, think about you are Heisenberging it though, right? Because like by by viewing it, you are changing your behavior, right? So, so like, I think that's yeah, what's but, awesome the, but the point of it is to change your yeah, behavior. Yeah, no, exactly. So yeah. That's fine. <laughs> that was actually gonna be my, yeah. my final point, which is basically like just the act of engaging in time tracking makes you use your time better. Even if you're doing it, even if you're only doing time tracking for say like a very particular thing in your whole scope of your day or something like that, uh, you will you'll just use it better and you'll you'll see stuff by virtue of doing it and even though that kind of a I don't actually even know what I'm looking for, but just I'm gonna kind of just start tracking. Like you'll you'll start seeing stuff and the act of doing the tracking is itself immensely valuable because it actually will improve the way you're deploying your time as a resource simply by doing the tracking. It's like a it's like a food journal, right? It's the same. It's it's uh, well, it's the same idea of like of like the core fundamental idea of all of DevOps and workflow management is making it visible, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the first step, and as soon as it's visible, all of a sudden some things start to become self evident, right? Uh, and the, and the nuance there is is when when Sam when you say like you start doing it better, I would I would uh, rephrase a little bit and say more closely aligned with what you think is better, like what, in, what, what you think you're yep. supposed to be doing. Right? Yeah. They'll um, do it differently. Yeah. Because <laughs> that may or may not be better yeah. depending on like how much you've interrogated that piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just something to always remember. Yeah. Well, and, and in that same sort of line of thinking, you also don't have to get fancy about it with an app. You can just, this is something that I actually did do for a while is you just get a notebook and just at the start mm-hmm. of your day, yeah. uh, block out a, a couple lines for each hour, right? And then just just write, just like literally draw little blocks in it to yeah. block out what you did, right? That's usually what uh, I do. Because I vastly prefer that to any online stuff, to be honest. Yeah, because because it's one of the it's one of those weird things where making it manual actually it's can help drive home the point because. Every time you switch, you're like, ooh, and then you like write it down. And there's like mm-hmm. this moment of reflection as you're drawing your little box, and you're like, well, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't like taking 15 minutes for that thing. Um, uh, and yeah. then of course, as the day goes on, you're just drawing more and more of these tiny little boxes. You're like, wow, this is not this is not good, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, I should, so. and, and along that line, too, I know for me, like that never works because my my ADHD powers are too strong, weak. I don't know. Too strong. Have you want to think of that? <laughs> uh, and so like, so I just, I, I do not remember that I'm like, that I'm working on that thing because I'm too immersed in the stuff, you know? So for me, like automation is the only way to do it though. I, I do agree that once you've taken, turn it into a mindless activity, you're not now getting that benefit of yeah. observation causes like yeah. you to see but stuff. But you can then go back and look yeah. at it. So like, so for me, it always has to be kind of, Post hoc, right? Post hoc. Yeah. Um, but so, but there's another. So then the the piece of this is is that I think it's as Seth said. This is there's just a truth here, which is that the more task switching you're doing, no matter what the tasks are, and no matter what your goals are, I guarantee you that the more task switching you're doing, the worse any outcome you could possibly want is, right? Yep. Because there's just no good comes from task switching, just none. Um, so uh, so I think the the most important thing here is to is to, yeah, I mean, it's good to use these kind of like time tracking or whatever to identify where the time or the task switching is happening. But the other thing to do is just knowing that that is the bane of all evil, at least with respect to the use of your time, uh, then focus on why you would need to switch tasks just generally. Just like to ask this question of how are things set up with respect to the kinds of things that I can do? So like if you're on a if you're on your computer doing stuff and you got like 
here's here's the here's the code you're writing, or here's the novel you're writing, or here's the art you're doing, or here's the spreadsheet you're working on, whatever it is, right? But like the thing you're doing, and you got Slack over here or Discord, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got uh, your email over here, right? Um, and then maybe some other project too on this other thing, right? What is the process by which you decide, oh, I should go look at this other thing? And then what's the process by which you switch to it? And what's the process by which you yeah. switch back, right? Yeah. Are then, there things that are forcibly pushing themselves into your awareness and making you switch tasks? Or are you the one in control yeah. of when you, when you change? And if you are in switch. control, still, what is the trigger, right? Is it because, because I know for me, like if I'm, for me, it's always, it's all about cognitive load, which is the more I have to think about things, the more my brain starts wanting to like go get some dopamine somewhere, you know? So like, so the trigger for me is like, as I'm starting, if I get immersed in a thing enough that I just forget the world exists, and that's like the perfect flow state, right? But when I'm like, when it's hard and I'm not quite there yet, then my brain is just like, do something else, right? And You're so- like, ooh, it, piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so my strategy for that has been to spend a lot of time learning about like, like, so these things like, oh, you can name windows on like, or, you know, windows in your- in your windows, whatever. In your, uh, your, <laughs> windows in your window. Yeah. And you can make virtual desktops, right? And you can like pin things to some desktops. And like, so basically I spent a lot of time learning about how I can organize my virtual space so that there has to be an actual effort that I take to move from one place to another so that it becomes more conscious, but also simultaneously more automatic, right? Because it's now an explicit, sh- it's not just like I'm all tabbing between one of a jillion windows of mixed mm-hmm. things, right? It's I'm moving to a new virtual space. So it's a very conscious, explicit choice, but it's also easy now because I don't have to dig through a bunch of tabs, right? So I simultaneously made it explicit and easier because it's not about making it hard necessarily, though that can also help, but it's about, it's all about the cognitive load, which is what, what can you do to reduce that? And at least and for my programming experience. I invest so much of my time in the tooling, just so much of it, because I know that the thing that kills me in the long term is the cognitive load. And so it's just worth that high, high upfront investment to like learn the shit out of the tools, right? Like review everything, review every setting, review just everything and all the cool stuff that's out there. And then periodically go look again, you know, see if anything new has appeared. Um, and like the, it's one of those things where the beginning of that is then slow as shit always. And it feels like you're not doing anything, but then you, you know, flash forward two months and all of a sudden you're like, just fucking blazing forward, you know, and it feels great. Uh, and the curse of like the productivity aspect of like, if you're measuring what you get out on the other side of any given hour, instead of how little task switching you had to do. Yep. Right. It's a different kind of question, different guiding. You're having, yeah, you're some different question. You have, and you have a different metric, and it's a long-term versus a short-term question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the the broad stroke answer then is like, don't get so fixated on the details of how you're going to track your time, because any way that you do it is going to give you some benefits. Fine. Yeah. Just remember the the purpose of it, which is to try to get a better understanding of of not even necessarily how much time you're spending on things, but what just what that looks like. It's the quality is it, of the time. Yeah, yeah. And because again, task switching and cognitive load are the most important things. So Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. I would like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. 
To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.